Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Previously on Buckets, Boards and Blocks. This is, I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how to be better at it. And I think it came at a really good time, even though I, you know, even though I was bummed that um, I couldn't continue on NBA Tonight and NBA Coast to Coast, I think, you know, in anyone's career, if you're not, uh, if you don't find yourself at a crossroads to kind of improve and, um, you know, the the cliche that a lot of people like using is uh, to, to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, um, then you're going to be in a stalemate. And um, this career is not a, a situation where you can just kind of be. You need to continue to reinvent yourself um, just so you can grow uh, with the game. That was today's guest from her first appearance on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, talking about the need to always keep learning, evolve with the times, and never rest on her laurels. Man, only if we knew how apropos that mindset would be for 2020. Anyway, she's the host of Hoop Streams from ESPN and is also one of the top NBA sideline reporters on TV. And according to Bruce, she is one of the 10 greatest living Americans, and you can quote him on that. But first, Darlene, let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks is hosted by a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a well-executed fade screen and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. A lover of threes in transition, Monica McNutt. Thanks, Darlene. Cassidy Hubbard has done a little bit of everything in her years at ESPN. From NBA Tonight and NBA Coast to Coast, she has gone on to host Countdown, The Jump, Hoop Streams, Sports Center, and the College Football Studio on ABC. She has worked on the ESPYs and handled sideline reporting for the NBA on ESPN. She is also the mom of a beautiful daughter whose next birthday will be her second, and she's a friend of the show. Welcome back to Buckets, Boards, and Blocks cast. Thanks for coming on. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy to be with both you, Monica, and my my guardian angel, Killa B, Bruce Bernstein. I just love how much we all love Bruce. Bruce, are you, do you feel the love? <laughs> <laughs> He's shaking his head yes. <laughs> I'm I'm speechless. That's how much I feel the love. (laughs) So speaking of our fantastic producer, guardian angel friend, Bruce pointed out that it is almost 11 months to the day that we last had you on the pod. And wow, what a world. Lots has has changed. March, I think 11th, 12th, 13th was kind of where it all went happened. Where were you March 11th? The first NBA games got called off. So March 11th, um, I was actually heading into Bristol from New York um, to host what we call raps, which um, means a studio show that wraps around games. So halftime, pre, pre-game, post-game. Um, so I was going to be doing raps um, for a couple NBA games that night. Um, I believe it was obviously we had the, the Mavs and I forget who they were playing. Um, and then the Kings and Pelicans, this, the second game, um, we saw obviously the news uh, break during that Mavs game and Mark Cuban's face um, shocked when the, when the season got suspended. But I was was heading into work and we were actually going to do this experimental type um, uh, raps where it was going to be me and um, Omar, who's like the head of our, um, you know, sports center Instagram account. And we were going to be doing these like fun um social media type like updates Mm -hmm. and then the the whole drive in here I'm like I'm you know obviously paying attention to the news and there's discussions about you know like what's the NBA gonna do to deal with coronavirus uh and you know there's there's ready talks about or having no fans and you know I had been hearing from sources on my way up there that 
it was very likely that they were going to suspend the season. So I'm, I'm, I'm calling, you know, the producers of that were working on the games and I'm like, cause I would be cutting into their games. I go, how do, what kind of feel do we want with these, this kind of like, um, you know, goofy, if you will, fun off the cuff cut-ins that I'm going to be doing to the games. Do we feel like this is the right mood? And then that's when the conversation kind of, started among the producers on the games and then the producers on the studio side. I mean, everyone's kind of at this point in time, if you can transport yourself back to March, we're all just reacting yeah. and, you know, feeding off of like the, the latest news, which is actually not too far from where we are right now. But, um, and so it went from, I was in the car, I got in the car being like, huh, this is, I don't know if I feel right about this to more and more conversations with people in around the league and producers. And I was, half an hour away from from Bristol and it takes it took me like it takes probably like two and a half hours to get from my house to the Bristol campus and I got a call from um one of our producers in charge of the raps it was like yeah we're not we're not going to do your style raps you can turn around and go home <laughs> and I'm like you know what though I was I was relieved I was I thought it was the right decision I was you know I was pushing to um to say like we need to we need to be be aware and ready for um you know something big to happen and so um I guess Scott Van Pelt was always going to handle some of the raps um as well I was kind of really going to be doing this experimental thing and so on my way back I you know I just started paying attention what's happening on NBA Twitter I got home started watching games and then boom I saw what was happening in the Oklahoma city game. And then, then it all kind of happened, was happening at the same time. Then we saw Tom Hanks tested positive for coronavirus. And then, you know, I'm turning on and watching Ryan Rucco and Doris Burke, and they're talking about everything that's happening with the thunder. And then, as I said, you know, we were seeing Mark Cuban learn of the news that the, the, the um, season had been suspended um, and the rest is history. <laughs> Man, I, I just remember I was in New York. I, who did the Knicks play that night? Because I had Knicks pre and post, and then we were doing our show afterward. Yeah. And that, that feeling, you're right. Like, yeah. I remember doing the 150 and being like, are we, like, is this real? Like, it was just such a weird yeah. feeling. And I was, like, in New York, and, like, my boyfriend's there. So I was like, um, you're not coming back to the hotel, are you? Like, I'm coming to you. Like, I'm terrified. Like, honestly, I'm, like, really yeah. concerned. Yeah. I was. I was. I I. I and I think it's just, you know, also being in New York, um, has, I have a little bit of like, maybe I, I don't even think I'm overreacting, but I, I have been reacting a lot to, you know, the, the outbreak, um, and, you know, very sensitive to the news surrounding it. And so I had been at a state even before the suspension, be like, how, how did, it just doesn't make sense how you continue, um, on with the season. Like if this is a very contagious virus, how do you a have fans? Like that doesn't even make sense, but you're dealing like this is a contact sport. Uh, I don't know how you continue with games. These are our questions I had heading into it. And obviously I still kind of have heading into this bubble. Um, but you know, obviously we know a lot more than we did in March. It's man. It's it's, it's, it was funny because I remember one of our producers saying, you know, the Ivy League canceled their tournament already. He's right. like, and the smart people. So, like, this thing is coming. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. You know, everyone gives the NBA to, to be the one that started the, you know, the domino effect. But it really, well, you're right. It was the Ivy Leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, we're all dealing with this life post-COVID now. Um, in the midst of a pandemic, obviously, George Floyd... Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, those things make national headlines. And voices from the NBA cast we see taking a very strong stance on how we best move forward. Um, You obviously work very closely with the NBA. Is that stuff coordinated or is this, this is legit, the voices of the players in unison and they all are obviously Black men, not all, but so many of them are Black men in America? Are you talking about the coalition or are you talking about how we're seeing so many athletes out in the streets protesting. Look, I, you know, I, I spoke with Tasha Cloud um, a couple of days ago who talked about how she, you know, teamed up with Brad Beal um, mm-hmm. and how they put together, um, you know, 
their unity march in DC um, on Juneteenth, just in 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 a, in a day or two, and right. you know, open it up to the public and let and notify them just just a day before because they you know wanted to make sure they kept it peaceful, but also you know had a substantial amount of um, crowd that they can get their point across, and so. You know, j- just how we're seeing across the country, you know, people are motivated to make sure that they're ho- heard, that this is th- that that they make sure that this is a, m- a movement and not just a moment. And you know, people are hurting um, yeah. and they're tired. And I think also people are are waking up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who obviously have had to face within themselves, like m- myself included, you know, how much have you been an ally? How much have you taken advantage of this system that um, is is broken and is, uh, you know, where, where I am privileged uh, and I have opportunities afforded to me because um, I'm not black, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I, I have opportunities that, Black people don't. Um, and just even understanding that and, you know, simple things like watching um, 13th or, you know, reading, um, you know, more articles or books or even donating. Like these are things that people people want to be a part of this because whether or not they they they've actually felt that this is this is part of their country or they're just learning or being woken up to the fact. Um, I think it, it is, you, you, you can't escape it right now. And if you want to, then that, then that's, that's, a, that's a problem with yourself. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's so well said. Um, and I, and I appreciate so many people like yourself, um, having the conversations. I know my ACC network crew, we had a whole call and we were able to discuss mm-hmm. it. For me, it has been important to make sure folks know that I wouldn't change being a black woman for the world. I would not change it. But you got to look at our history and know that it's not a flip of a switch to make all things equal. And so mm-hmm. I'm proud of the conversations that we're having. Um, I, we still have a long way to go. But those between the moment and time in terms of social justice and the pandemic, we're doing our best to move back to sportscast. And you mentioned the bubble. There's. I know Kendrick, your boy, was like not about it with Kyrie in terms of his potential stance on not going, but I thought you had to give that some admirable weight because the moment in terms of captivating the country's attention as far as social justice has come because of the perfect storm of the pandemic and the divisive nature of the person in the White House. And so to me, to have a conversation in which we discuss not allowing sports to be our pillow, soft, fluffy place to go back and lay down. Whether you agree with it or not, I thought you had to give it some legitimate weight because we won't get this moment back again. If pandemics happen every hundred years, like we won't get this moment back. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as you know, Perk's take on Kyrie, it's it's less about um, you know not taking this moment to um, distract from any other. Cause you know, I, I, this is a conversation I had with him and Amin about the, there is this, like the, the playoffs will be a distraction. Whereas mm-hmm. everyone has is undivided attention between this and what's happening with the coronavirus, you know, we're, we're, we're focused on um, making a change. And once we get a distraction like the NBA playoffs, um, you, you just won't have as much commitment. You know, mm-hmm. we know how real life works. Um, people will prioritize themselves again. Whereas in this moment, people who I, I think of masses are starting to think of others um, and, you know, making sure that they're part of, um, you know, making things better for others. But uh, once you get a distraction, it just, you just fall into place of making things better for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, that's human nature. But as far as Kyrie, I think per I think is more so just criticizing his leadership and, you know, and that's, that's another distraction. Like that's, that's a prime example of a distraction because, um, and this is something I brought up to him. Are we just, are you feeding into just the drama of Kyrie being a bad leader um, and, or just not having the right words to uh, kind of motivate this, this movement? Not everyone's a natural activist and, 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 
um, not everyone has the right words to say. Like we talked about how it's an, we're having uncomfortable conversations and, you know, non-Black people in particular, like are trying to be very careful with their words, not offend, but also, you know, I think Black people are also learning more about themselves and learning more about how to be, um, how to speak up uh, during this time. And, you know, that's why I, I, like, I do find it commendable what Kyrie has done because he did broach this 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 topic and um and and created this coalition with a guy like Avery Bradley who seems to maybe be a little more organized as a, as a leader and um Dwight Howard may have his own ability to um you know like galvanize and get people um passionate about you know really really taking the time to understand what's happening and 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 allowing them to make their own decisions i think that's i think like for for people to be so frustrated with what the coalition is doing i think is so short-sighted and um you know people saying that they don't have a plan they don't have a plan well you know if we had a plan to for social injustice in, in whatever, three weeks that it has come for them to decide that, hey, maybe I don't feel this comfortable, then th this country wouldn't be as broken as it is. It takes time. It takes conversation. It takes conversation within your own community. And I understand why, you know, like maybe Kyrie could have gone about it the, uh, um, the right way. Like, you know, he did have a vote with the Players Association. He could, like, I don't know. Maybe he did talk to Chris Paul. Maybe he did talk to Michelle Roberts. I don't know. But from what my understanding is that people are upset that he went behind their back. But at the same time, I just don't think that there is a roadmap for this. You know, like we are in an unprecedented time in our country. And so, you know, and we're working off of emotion, which like in sometimes emotion is what you need to express first in order to get to um, you know, like an actual plan or and I think that they have proposed that. Like we want to see some more changes within the NBA before we agree to go back. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is a plan that is saying something like, why not? You have leverage right now. Um, you have leverage to make some real change and like, and, and, and for people to say, well, how are you supposed to, you know, end systematic racism by sitting out? No, like you end it by, by forcing people to make um, law changes or, you know, um, changes within their organization. And so I see, I see what, what Avery Bradley and Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard are trying to do with this moment, whether or not, if you want to like grade it and say, you know, how they went about it right now is like, a, a, like a C, like, what's the point of that? It, mm -hmm. it, get to the core, you're getting distracted at like, this is a moment that they're trying to take advantage of. Um, instead of just going right back to work, they have the leverage. This is, this is the time is now. Um, and so how do you, how do you take advantage of that and make, make this country better, um, make the MBA better for, um, black executives, black head coaches, and for a, um, you know, a, I was going to say student body. I'm trying to think like a, a player body, like a league that would be the right word, which is predominantly African-American. So, um, the, the time is now, uh, and I, I I fully support what what they're what they're doing. And look, the, they, they we're gonna. I don't know how much how many people we're gonna see make the decision to sit out on June twenty fifth. But um, it's a. Uh, it, I don't think it should be um, you know like under underappreciated that this is this is going to be a hard decision for a lot of people. I love what you said though about the work, right? There, it, this is an emotional experience. And sometimes you got to get clear of that before you can move from a scientific method, methodical approach. Yeah. Um, but you got to be willing to get your hands dirty. Like you, this, and, and the part of this conversation has been, how can I be a better ally? And you're absolutely right. Cause I found myself reading and wanting to support statistics because you can't come at it at emotion from an emotional place and best captivate your audience. I gotta give you some numbers. I gotta help you look at history. Mm -hmm. um, but it costs. And I think for whatever reason, our society is so much yes or no. And it's not that, it's not mm -hmm. just that. I think two things can be true in this case. COVID is unique. And if you've got small children or people at home with pre-existing conditions, 
And you combine that with this moment in terms of social justice, this is an opportunity. And so I think people have to look at the whole pie as both NBA and WNBA players are opting potentially not to go and rejoin. Like there are, there's a risk here. And I personally am like, well, what about the society that was celebrating Kevin Love for everybody goes through something like everybody goes through something. We're all going through COVID and the way that this is taxing on people or where their hearts are, it's not for us to judge. Like Right. Enjoy what we get when we get back to the bubble. But in the meantime, like if you don't have anything productive and encouraging to say, like you, I, you can't judge another person's heart. And that's the part of all of this that I'm like, y'all got to relax. This is not what you, this is not what they signed up for. You know, right. like, like I, I understand everyone wants the NBA back. And, and quite frankly, without the NBA returning, it will have detrimental um, impact on the future of the league. And, you know, as far as obviously we're, you know, the salary cap's going to take a huge hit, but just, just as far as the financing of the league, it, just like how we're seeing it throughout of our, our economy, um, if it gets shut down um, again, but like, I just, it, it, it you're, you're seeing, you know, cases with like Trevor Ariza, obviously mm-hmm. no one can, um, you know, judge him for choosing his family over, um, you know, entering into this bubble situation. And then you have a guy like Davis Bertans who, you know, doesn't want to enter it because of um, a, you know, he doesn't like, he doesn't want to mess up his, his free agency. Um, And then he doesn't think that the wizards are going to, um, you know, I don't know if this directly, but I would think because they don't have a great chance of making the playoffs, he weighed his options. It's like, why would I enter into this bubble situation? Because it is like when you read the 100 page safety plan, this is not just like, okay, I'm going to, you know, let me get back to um, basketball. I mean, it is it is weeks of quarantine. Mm -hmm. It is is separation from your family. Um, And it's 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 daily testing. Uh, and, and there's, it's, it's going to be really hard, you know, Adam Silver said himself. So I could see why there may be some criticism. We saw, you know, um, Evan Fournier call out, uh, Bertans on, on Twitter. It, like there is some selfishness, um, there, but like, I think in this moment there, like, you're gonna, you're gonna have to be a little selfish because you have to figure out what's right for you. Um, uh-huh. And well, I love what I mean, you said. Are, are we calling NBA? Is this an essential work? Like, is this? And I get it. You're right. right. The money's a big deal. But are is this an essential work? Yeah. And the news is like it's because he's had two ACL, ACL tears, and you know he he and he's had a career year, and he wants to protect that. But I I don't think you can minimize him also worried about coronavirus and you know the bubble situation. Like I I think it's just. Uh, for you to just take whatever decision people are going to make at face value that is, is, is not appreciating 2020. <laughs> like there's just too many dang layers to, to every decision we're making these days. You're right. Um, though, Cass, like you just got to respect people's decisions. You, you, you don't know all the details. It's more than just the opportunity to go back and play basketball for so many guys, but there's never like quite a smooth and natural transition from such topics. But let's go to the ESPYs because oh. you and Elle had an opportunity to host the, the pre-show this week. Yes, yes. Um, and I, th- first of all, shout out to the whole ESPN team and you guys for making it happen remotely. It's, it's been, how, what has that been like for you working remotely? Um, well, when I was in New York, I'm not in New York right now. We were able to get out of the city. It was hard because I'm in like a two bedroom apartment having to coordinate with my husband when to keep our toddler quiet. Um, so she's been, she's, she's made some screaming appearances, uh, on some shows. Um, but I, I, you know, the only, only door with the, like, uh, the only room with the door is our bedroom. So I'm like tucked in our, in our bedroom with like (laughs) my key light and my computer makeshift little desks that I put together. So, I mean, it's been hard. I will say like, um, having to focus and prep the same way. Cause when I'm out on the road, like I'm, you know, I'm working, I'm that's, that is, that is what my focus is. I'm able to, to, you know, really like buckle down, um, read everything I need to read at home you just, you're just always available. You know, you're just, it's not, 
you don't have the ability to, to specifically as a parent, um, to really give the same type of focus as you are when you're at work. And, you know, there's been so many times where I'm feeding my daughter while also prepping and doing my makeup at the same time as I have a show in five minutes because my time management is different. Like I just, I can't like sit and read all my articles because I have to, you know, feed, uh, like bathe and, you know, watch my daughter. Um, it's just, I, I, like I know cry me a river and, and, and bring out the violin, but really it has been a little, it's been harder for me to really be as sharp as I want to be on these shows. And then also it's a little, it's, it's strange. There's no energy to feed off of. Like I'm, there's no crowd in the background or even like being in a studio um, around, you know, like in front of a camera, there's just like, there is a presence when you're, when you're filming um, you know, in a studio, it's, 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 it, 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 there's some awkward moments when you're sitting in your bedroom <laughs> having a conversation, but we're all adjusting. We're all, we're all in the same boat. So, you know, how much of this, I, I just want to keep in mind. How much of this do you think will be retained even once we get cleared? What do you mean? Like, do you, uh, the zoom part of all of this, like, will oh, we I think a lot I mean, because I, I, I think people see how easy it is to, um, to work remotely. And mm. I just don't know what our future holds. I think, I think the normal um, life as we, we knew it is going to be no longer. Um, I think not to doomsday, but I just, you know, I, I think, um, I, I think we're all going to be affected by, by this moment in time as we should be. Um, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot more like shaking hands and high-fiving when we do get, get together at games. I don't know when we're going to be able to get together, go to games and there'll be fans there. Um, I, I think, I think it's going to be some time and, and we're seeing how people can still make television. We're just talking about our small little media world, um, from their homes, uh, technology. It's kind of interesting that like all this is happening in, you know, in a year like 2020, which sounds just like the future, even though it's right now. Um, but like, you know, the, the, the technology is at the perfect point where things are, you know, even, even when zoom isn't working perfectly, it's still, still working. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, I think a lot has, uh, I think we're seeing the creativity of, of people, um, mixed with, you know, advanced technology is helping life kind of continue on. Like yeah. the draft alone, the NFL draft was a marvel. What what we did, I still can't believe that that we pulled that off. Yeah, the NFL, the NFL draft and the WNBA draft both were yes, yes, uh, so impressive. All right, so on that note, though, Cass, you obviously your role is NBA, whether you're doing raps or whether you're sideline. I don't know what you can share, but what are they telling you guys? If you know the bubble's coming back and there's going to be broadcasts. Well, let, let's let's put it this way. Um, the NBA still has a lot more questions than they have answers okay. and we're following the NBA's lead. So um, they, they we're, we're going to figure out how many players are coming back, what that means. We're seeing obviously numbers spiking in Florida. So as it, it, this is a moving target, like even yeah. though there are set dates of returning, mm -hmm. I think decisions about infrastructure and how, like the show will go on it are still being figured out. There have been conversations on our end, but really it's just kind of like, Hey, we're planning. Um, but we can't really tell you yet what, what it is. Cause we're waiting on the NBA to see how much, how many people are allow us in the bubble, which is understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't even know like what this bubble is going to be. I think a big, I think a big question is, you know, with the numbers rising, is it smart to allow the Disney staff to come in and out? Is it smart to let anyone come in and out? Uh, so, and that's a problem with, with players. Listen, you, we just talked about you and your lovely new job as a homeschooling pre-K teacher. As well. like, would you know, Cass? Like, I, I will say, like, I, it's, it's so hard, Monica. Like, it's so hard to think about because this is a, um, this is a, is it's, it's one of the, it's history. You yeah. know, if I were just, if I were 
even because I've been I've been married for a very long time, so I can't say if I were a single like by myself. If I if if me and my husband didn't have our daughter, mm-hmm. like I I I don't think I would hesitate to right. want to be there. But it's different. Like I don't want to be away from my daughter for that long, and I also don't want to keep my like I I want to stay married. <laughs> if I were to leave my daughter with my husband, I don't know what will happen. It's, it's a hard decision, and I, I haven't you know, been posed with that yet. Um, so we'll like, we'll see, but I, I will, I think this is a moment time to be in that bubble, to be able to like, to, I mean, I probably won't have direct access, but just that experience of yeah. that, you know, hopefully will never happen again in the NBA, yeah. um, be, um, extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, that's real though, Cass. And like, I'm sure you can relate to players saying the same yeah. thing. Like, that's small kids. What? That's ri- literally, I'm like, yeah, I'll go. Cause it's just me. Like the dog can stay with my parents, but I, it's just me. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's not easy. That's why, that's why I'm saying like, even who knows what, what's going on with, with Bertans. I keep bringing him up because you know, people just want to point out he's just worried about the money. There's just to, to say that it's just about the money is just like ignoring what reality is in 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, this has been such a great combo. You guys hoop streams. You guys have still been working remotely from home. Yes. What has been since I know a lot of the combo has turned to MJ greatest combos, whatever. What has been the most memorable conversation? not having to do with current basketball, like debate, argument, go argument, whatever. Has there been one that was like, that was good considering we don't have any real life sports? Yeah. Um, man, you know, we what we did early on um, in the quarantine life was we, we would we would have these primetime classics on, which we, you know, on ESPN, which we'd re-air um, some of the best, you know, recent uh, championships um, or games. And so we would have like, different uh, guests on um and and so like just I I didn't think like reflecting back was going to be as like like engaging but it was you know thinking about some of the the best games that we um we saw recently I would say obviously anything with the last dance kind of captivated me as well um I think there was a lot of conversation about you know Jordan, obviously Perk is all team, team LeBron. Um, mm-hmm. And, but the bigger conversation just about like, you know, Jordan being a role model um, mm-hmm. and, you know, like what he did for the game and then just kind of his leadership style um, and then comparing him to, uh, you know, LeBron. Mm-hmm. And I, I know everybody has that conversation, but there was, I think, Everyone has those conversations nowadays, but I think people forgot. And this, the, the last dance was it was was really good to just remind people um, yeah. what what Jordan did for for the NBA. You know what what how he made you know it possible for players to become their own brand. And if you you know see a if if you see a lie in that in that that sentence, and you you didn't watch the last dance, or you don't know the history yeah, of, good point. Of, of you know Michael Jordan. So um, I so I think the the best conversations, obviously, you know, like always, Jordan versus LeBron, <laughs> just yeah. with, with, with more layers to it, and then also like it, it, about Pippen, and mm-hmm. and he may be my. Um, colleague but there were some moments you know in the in the last dance where you know it wasn't like you wanted to defend him because he's such a great guy he really is and he's a great teammate when you work with him but some of those some of those you know quotes that he had in the last dance like didn't shine the best light on him and so then I think also it made you question is this a Bulls documentary or is this just a Jordan documentary um so yeah, like I said, I could go on and on about the last dance, like I did for five weeks <laughs> when I had, I had the same conversation. My thing, Cass, was like, all right, if I'm honest, I'm 30. My first personal real memory with Jordan is Space Jam. So for me, it was like, oh wow, like th- this dude was like, I know he's a he's a goat, but like to see it, but yeah, same breath as a basketball fan. Then you flip over into journalism mode, and you're like, wait, like. Well, we didn't get the other side of the story when it came to this, that, and the other thing. But yeah. overall, it was a great production. But I do think 
um, you got to remember that his hand is on it in terms of the production. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I will say like, I, you would, it just, it just, it, it helped fill in a lot of blanks in my mind. Cause I, mm-hmm. you know, I was, um, like 12, you know, 13, 14, like as much as I was a huge fan of the bulls and, you know, being a bulls fan pretty much shaped the rest of my adult life. Um, right. as far as my career, you just, you're a kid, you know, like, like you don't, as much as you are passionate about something, sometimes like you, you just get distracted. <laughs> and so I think there was a lot of things that like, I thought I knew and I just, you know, this, this was just such a great trip down memory lane and the nostalgia factor just made me so happy. Um, yeah. you know, and all that, all of the Jordan love was, was in love and experience. We'll put it that way. I agree. I agree. I agree. All right, so this question just popped into my head as we get ready to wind down our time with you. You've been so tremendous, so gracious. Um, we're both women in the business. You obviously crushing it. You know, we're doing our thing. Shout out to women in business. But I think we keep mentioning 2020, and there are seniors that graduated in 2020. There are graduate students that finished journalism degrees in 2020. Um, and I think now more than ever, maybe we need to reach back and encourage. I guess because I I'm trying to think like if I was trying to get my first job in 2020, like be patient what advice would you give to young young people not just young women um but young people trying to get into the business around this time i know that's your you know what you just you just motivated me to like go back into my email and make sure i'm responding to you know all the messages that Mm -hmm. i've gotten because it is it's got to be a really scary time um and uh, my my advice was it would be to you know as we're seeing across all of media people getting creative like yeah. time is now like this as we're seeing this this, this um, new generation get real creative if you're paying attention to the news and mm-hmm. and finding ways to make an impact um, <laughs> you know so uh, you know use that creativity use yeah. that use that ability to um, th- that you're aware of what's like how social media is um, changing and the reach that it has in different, um, you know, uh, on different apps and, uh, you know, get get used to digital shows. I I think I I say this even before, um, you know, the pandemic hit is that when I tell young people, I say media is always looking for new ways to, um, capture the audience of young people so you know get tuned in with that like my career started because I was in tune with Facebook and then Twitter um and so now that those are the old people uh apps like <laughs> like you know like make sure that you're finding ways to uh like show media companies how you can use TikTok or whatever is next mm-hmm. um to you know reach out and um and captivate the sports audience because we're all trying to learn. And if you're, if you have an idea, um, then, you know, who needs normal experience when this is not a normal world? Yeah, for sure. I love that. Creativity is a major key. Bruce, before I ask Cass about buckets, boards, and blocks real quick, you didn't have much to say. This is your girl. Where you been? <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt your. I didn't want to interrupt your flow. Actually, I did have one question because you know, Cass, we were very lucky that Monica was able to uh, uh, book Scott Burrell to be on the show a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and obviously he was prominently featured in the Last Dance, yeah. and and he was, you know, Monica was asking him about, well, you know, was it kind of like borderline bullying the way he treated you? And he was very, very chill about the whole thing. He said, look, you know, Michael had the blueprint and he, he, I saw how he treated me as motivation, even though it was pretty harsh at times. So I guess, you know, what I would ask your, for your opinion on is given that the way players sort of treat each other now, it's much more of a brotherhood, not just within your own team, but around the entire league. Do you think that the way Michael treated his teammates back then would that work these days or do you, is that like kind of a universal thing that would work because he was MJ or do you think now guys would be like, uh, no, Michael, you know, stuff it. <laughs> um, well, look, 
I think also he kind of picked on Scott Burrell because he knew he was a perfect person to pick on because he just, you know, wasn't going to get rattled. Like as, as he was described, he was such a nice guy. Like even Michael said, I tried, I tried, I tried. And he almost probably like saw, all right, this is a guy where I can make an example. Like don't F with me and I won't, it won't mess up our, our chemistry. Um, And yeah, it was like, we, we see people talk trash all the time in the league today. And for someone to say that, like, you know, back in the day, these guys weren't buddy buddies. Jordan went and played golf during the playoffs with Danny Ainge. Like these guys had, you know, maybe, maybe they weren't, you know, seen on social media um, having wine together or, you know, on a banana boat, but these guys were friends. Like, don't get it twisted. I mean, you know, like they would play poker at night. So what's the, what really is the difference? You know, just because it was allowed, you were allowed to be a lot more physical back then. That means these guys, um, you know, didn't like each other as much. No, I, I, sure. Like Isaiah Thomas and, and Michael Jordan weren't friends. And so you can base that like, okay, there were some true rivalries, but there's a lot of guys in the NBA who don't like each other either. Um, you know, Patrick Beverly, like, you know, and, and name someone. Um, I, Nobody I, likes Patrick Beverly except his teammates. <laughs> Russell, you know, Russell, Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid. Like, these, there's, there's, I just don't think it's so different um, other than we are more privy to uh, players' um, social lives via social media. That's a great point. That's a really good point. Because yeah, Charles, the whole, like all of those guys were. Friends. I mean, you don't, you're not the dream team, and then all of a sudden, yeah. enemy. Like y'all are friends. Stop playing. But I didn't even answer your question, um, Bruce. Do I think the players could, you know, um, deal with Jordan's leadership? Well, we see it with LeBron. You know, there, there's there's a lot of drama around LeBron's leadership. Um, I just think Jordan today with social media would be very different. I've said this in the beginning. Like if I don't know how Jordan would be um, perceived in the social media era. Maybe he'd be perceived exactly how he was after the last dance. There's criticism of whether he's a good leader, um, but no mistake that he is the ultimate competitor. So, Um, but here's the thing, Cass, like, I, and I guess reporters have asked, I guess when I think back on, when I think of that question, I wonder, like Jordan wouldn't be tweeting about his leadership style. So would it be his teammates running their mouths in the media or would this be the columnists in the media potentially discussing it? Like, I'm just wondering how much of it would be out of house. It's just so hard because it is, it's just a completely different world. I mean, yes, there was, so much media around Jordan, but we just didn't consume sports media the way that we do now, which is 24 seven. The news cycle is like every two seconds. We pick apart little things. Like, are you kidding me? The flu game? We would have known the names, the address, you know, the birthday of the pizza delivery guys Mm -hmm. in like the next morning. So there's, there's just too many layers to to like the difference in eras that's why you know being a diehard Bulls fan my respect for LeBron James is endless because someone who was you know um dubbed uh the chosen one and to not only live up to the hype but surpass it both on the court and off the court um you know and maybe if Jordan took the same road he 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 like he could do the same trajectory of over, you know, living up to the hype and surpassing it. But I just, it's just two different eras. Like I think you need to really, not only on the court, you really need to understand the the difference in eras off the court. Yeah. And take them as is, you know, you just can't, you just can't compare them. I, my, my final thought on this, cause I know our time is running short. I'm a I'm with Perk. I mean, I'm on team LeBron, okay? Not no, not to minimize MJ's greatness, but <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, uh, he's wearing <laughs> Here's the thing. I always felt from the get-go, LeBron truly loves his teammates. He wants his teammates to succeed, and sometimes to a fault, where he might need to be a little bit more selfish sometimes than he is but he wants his teammates to succeed. 
So I would say LeBron loves his teammates. Michael tolerated his teammates. And that's kind of the way I kind of, that's, that's, that's the lens I'm looking at this through. Yes, but he also, you know, moving to the triangle and that type of um, play away from like when, uh, you know, was playing under Doug Collins where it was all focused on him, that took a little, that took, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm defending Jordan, but that took like wanting to um, include his teammates in his success while, you know, like cut his scoring average down. So there's, there's something there. Yes. I, like, was Jordan a um, pass first, you know, distributor like like LeBron is sometimes? No, but like that, there therein lies a the, a difference in um, the way this game is played. Like you can be dominant in in different ways on the court. They both love their teammates to be successful if it meant that they yes. were winning. <laughs> right. right, LeBron. You, LeBron, loves his teammates to a degree. He don't love no bum that don't come to work and can't contribute. No, <laughs> right, right. So, Cass, we you you may remember we end on buckets, boards, and blocks, but we're not going to do all three. I'm just going to ask you to dig deep. You're going to give me a bucket for 2020. Something positive. There's got there's some silver lining. There are silver linings to 2020. So just give me something positive in the midst of all of the challenges I that I'm hoping for or that has been um I'll, either, I'll, I'll let you choose which way you want to go on that oh my god the pressure and it's on, just one, one dig one deep bucket. humanity dig deep. oh Humanity's my god <laughs> dig deep um um <laughs> <laughs> I I'm just all I'm seeing is flashes of like of 2020, which is not. It's not positive. good. No. Okay, um, I think. I, I, I think I tr I believe in Adam Silver okay. to make the right decisions, and I I think this season will go on, and hopefully safely, because we because it because if nothing else we know that adam silver is trustworthy and and thinks about you know what's best for his his league so that's my positive thought um <laughs> i like that that's a good positive thought yes yes um in, in adam silver we trust whether you it's you know whatever decision he's gonna make that's what i'll that's what i'll put that's what i'll say i guess i like it I like that. <laughs> Do you? I, maybe <laughs> like I, I'll, I'll text you if I if something if something hits me more. No, that, that's <laughs> fine. And I, but I think like it's obviously baseball is setting a terrible example of fraught relationships with leadership. So I think that can't. That's not something that should be taken for for granted. That's legit. We are in desperate times of great leaders right now. So mm -hmm. I am going to hold on to. Um, the 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 belief that we have a true leader in the NBA. Boom! I like it. Bruce, you like it? Absolutely. And Adam, we trust. And Adam, we trust. And we okay. also trust Adam to talk to the right people, the Michelle Robertses of the world, the Chris Pauls, all the people. He's not making these decisions from standing on the mountaintop. He's getting input from everybody that matters, and that is what leadership should be all about. Yes, and doctors, <laughs> which is that doctors. that. That's uh Oh yeah, doctors, yeah. That's number one thing. Let's listen to our let's listen to our heroes, Those aka people. our doctors. All right, Cassidy. Well, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and so thoughtful because I think um it's we need we need to think through this. Like yeah. there's so many layers of all this happening in 2020, and it's important to take a second and gather your thoughts. Yep. Um and I know it's hard because we're all, we've been feeling like we're at a standstill for the last couple months, but, uh, you know, the, the, you can't make, um, decisions and, you know, we're in a time where regret and, and, and not thinking things through can, can cost us a lot. So. Yes. Very true. Very true. Very true. Thank I you. Guys. This was beautiful. I loved being being reunited with my guardian angel killer b and you know 
such such a bright star you are, Monica. Um, I'm rooting for you and everything that is you. Thank you, Cass. I really appreciate that. Thanks for coming on to make it time for us. That was dope. Thank you to this week's incredibly gracious, kind, and thoughtful guest, Cassidy Hubbard of ESPN. Thanks also to my producer and loyal sidekick and her guardian angel, Bruce Bernstein, and to our terrific editor, Ben Wolfen, who makes us all sound good. Please check out our other Pure Hoops media shows. This week, The Mike Wise Show features part one of his two-part conversation with the one and only Hall of Famer, Bill Walton. I got to make sure my dad listens to this one. Bill's opinions on social justice and society are not to be missed. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams has a new show each Tuesday. And this week, legendary coach and TV analyst Bill Raftery is their guest. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin is back on Wednesday. And their recent guests have included Lakers forward Danny Green and journalist Sekou Smith. BJ Armstrong is back with Eric Newman on the Pure Hoops podcast, which drops every Friday. And I'm back next Thursday with a brand new edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Folks, we are not out of the woods with COVID-19 and this pandemic just yet. So please keep all the various medical professionals and frontline workers, essential employees, in your thoughts. Their bravery and service continue to be critical for our society. They are today's superheroes. Continue to follow social distancing guidelines, wash your hands, and wear your mask to protect yourself and others. Don't be that person. Wear your mask. Please continue to work for social justice alongside our fellow citizens of all races. Open your heart. Open your ears. We are all striving for a more inclusive society. If you like buckets, boards, and blocks, please subscribe, rate us, review us, and leave a five-star rating. It would mean a lot. Until we meet again, my good people, wherever you can find them, enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt has been a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. 